You're listening to Asians Represent, a series on the OneShot Podcast Network. I'm your host, Daniel Kwan, and this episode is brought to you by our amazing supporters on Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash aznsrepresent for exclusive content, show notes, and more. God, what a great song. That is a jam. (laughs) Yeah, great song. By uh, DJ Pavilon, a wedding DJ that I know, who has <laughs> offered. <laughs> I thought you were going to say DJ Khaled. I yeah, I like, just know DJ Khaled. <laughs> I don't know. That's the first thing my brain went to. Yeah, you know, <sighs> I just I happen to know DJ Khaled because he's a big fan of Asians Represent. Daniel um, Kwan, winning. We the best Asians the- Represent. Because technically he's Asian. Yeah, technically, we the best yeah. Asians. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> no, but the uh, we have been using that song "Euphoria" by Pavilon for like, like years at this point, years, and uh, he has like graciously allowed us to use it for free. Um, and I was talking to him the other day actually, and he was like, "Oh, do you, do you still use the song?" And I was like, "Yeah, every single time." And he's like, "Do you want like a new one?" And I was like, "Oh, so we might actually collaborate." and make a new sort of theme song beat for Asians represent. Um, so we should, we should all talk. Like, what is the vibe? Do we want some like wind instruments? Do we want chimes? I don't Something know. Something that's just like hella racist. <laughs> like hella, hella, hella gong song energy. Like that's what we want. You want or it to just start like with like a gong? Or like super confusing, like a glockenspiel. <laughs> oh, glockenspiel would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> And everybody's going to come after us and be like, oh, super, cultural appropriation. Super stereotypical, but of another culture. <laughs> I mean, ooh, Makes you tempting. think. Be like, hey, why, is this, why is this Asians represent song so German? What's going on here? It's I thought happening. these were Asians. <laughs> Daniel Kwan's not Asian. Wait, Daniel Kwan's supposed to be a German guy. What's going on? But he lives in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be Canadian music? French Canadian. Like a hot beat made from maple syrup. Things opening just back the and sound forth, of like, like different yeah. forest animals. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, just a Could beaver be. running around, beaver. chattering, <laughs> <laughs> like a like a, a river. I don't know. Um, regardless, we're gonna have some new music in the future. Uh, just gotta talk to talk to Pavilon about it. Um, if you are a curious listener and you want to know more about Pavilon, he once went viral on TikTok oh, for yeah. a really really funny reason. Um, he goes by the handle Pavilon on TikTok and. Years ago, he was, I guess, duetting a video of deep dish pizza. And he's Italian. And he was like, oh, yeah, our, 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 the person who made our song is not Asian. Um, he's Italian. And he was like, I'm Italian. This isn't real pizza. Where's the cheese? And it's the entire the internet. Sauce. And then there was this meme. And this guy duetted his duet and was like, it's under the sauce. It's under the sauce. And it went absolutely fucking viral it's it's pretty Um, funny so if you have seen that it's under the sauce meme that's the guy who does uh not the guy saying it's under the sauce the the italian guy in that video is the guy who does asians represents theme song um so shout out to pavlon uh he's the best um genuinely good guy um but yeah another episode fresh off of seeing uh, emma fresh off of seeing your first Godzilla movie in theaters. In theaters, yeah. We are going to talk about kaiju today. It comes up a lot in TTRPGs. It's often a selling point in many systems. Ah, this is a system inspired by Demon Slayer. This is a system inspired by Sekiro. Or this is a setting that has geisha and kaiju and a million other things. But the kaiju are often a thing that are used to advertise asian inspired ttrpg products and so because we've seen a lot of these we decided you know what why don't we just kind of like get together and talk about kaiju talk about our favorite kaiju media talk about the new godzilla movie godzilla minus one which is incredible um just have like a chill time together because it's nearing the end of 2023 we are all tired but we need an excuse to get together and just shoot the shit about big ass monsters. Yep. Can't believe, can't believe y'all got to see minus one before me. 
can't believe the Commonwealth nations have received this movie before the former, the former <laughs> the Empire. British Empire. <laughs> I'm you, this must be revenge for colonialism. How can this be? We don't get it. It doesn't come out in the UK until December 15th. Oh, like a full two weeks. Yeah, a full two weeks. So full that, two weeks. That sucks. That is shit. Canada and North, uh, all of North America got it way beforehand. So. Wish you can I celebrate you the end of your work rush by going to see. That's true. Minus that one. is true. I can go see minus one at the end of my work work crunch. So, and one that's... of the things you can watch now is Monarch on Apple TV. Yeah, I, I or don't other know. alternative channels. Monarch, I'm kind of uh, uh, like I'm glad it exists, but it's not a massive priority to me. Have you so have you watched it yet? I have not watched it yet. Is it good? Yeah, I really like it. Yeah, I, I think I, I'll probably bring myself to watch it at some point. But <laughs> I think it's like, I mean, you, you tell me, how do you like it, Daniel? Is Godzilla like in really it? Like ma- it. Is it Godzilla in it majorly oh, or yeah. kind of tertiary? Oh, yeah. mm. Um, I think it's actually one of the best pieces of media in sort of the what was it the the monster verse. Yeah, I think old, it's my favorite. The only thing other in. cinematic universe that matters. Um, <laughs> I really, I honestly really like it. I've watched all three episodes that have come out so far, and the production quality is extremely high. Like, I think what I think what turned me off, wild. what turned me off, is that the MonsterVerse movies, even though I think they're fine, have never really managed to appeal to me in terms of the human characters. The closest they got was in Kong Skull Island, that was pretty good. Yep. But every other MonsterVerse movie, I think, has pretty garbage human characters. Which you could say about a lot of kaiju films in general, but like yeah. the, the only other good character in those films was uh, Brian Cranston's dude in Godzilla 2014, who they killed off after the first they half kill hour. They killed him off in like less than that. Because yeah. I remember yeah. seeing that in theaters and be like, oh, yeah, like and Brian then, Cranston. And then, and then you, then got, you got to hang out with his son, a former kick-ass dude who is just not, he doesn't carry the, the movie very well. Aaron Johnson? Yeah, Aaron Aaron uh, Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter. Uh, yes. yes, young Craven the Hunter. Young Craven young the Hunter. His origin story. <laughs> I mean, technically an Asian character. He is from Russia. Technically, so should yeah. we I review mean, Craven when it comes out? <laughs> Craven, Madam Web, go for it. <laughs> oh, you're telling you're telling me I have to do that. Yeah, I I have been rereading the Grim Hunt story arc. Grim Hunt's great, but Craven the, so mo- Crim- Crim- the movie and, and Madam Web both look really bad. They're all going to suck. They're all going <laughs> to suck. But um, so Monarch, let's go back to Monarch uh, to start in this, you know, very chill episode of Asians Represent where we talk about kaiju media. I actually really like Monarch. I like Monarch because I think the uh, the human characters are actually very interesting. Not only do they have Wyatt and Kurt Russell playing the exact same character at different points in time which I think is great. Um, The lead is Asian. Uh, So the main character is a survivor of one of the other Godzilla movies. So she's like a school teacher. Spoilers. Um, She's a school teacher who, while on a bridge, I believe in San Francisco, Godzilla literally comes up and fucking eats her entire class, like fucks up your entire class. And she is deeply traumatized by it. And she goes to Japan to try to find her father who's disappeared in the wake of this calamity in North America, only to find out that her brother has like a secret, her father has a secret family, secret Japanese family. Um, and so um, she begins to uncover with her, I guess, half brother, this conspiracy surrounding the agency monarch which studies and contains kaiju. Um, it is very cool. Uh, Story is kind of told in the present in Japan as these two Asian leads are trying to discover what Monarch is with their like old Kurt Russell, who is very good in the series. Uh, and then it's set in the past as they begin to kind of learn more about the existence of kaiju and Monarch is forming uh, as an agency designed just to kind of study these things. Uh, a lot of Asian leads... Uh, that I actually really, really appreciate in this story, even though not all of it is set in like Japan. I really like it. I think it's worth watching. Yeah, I might check it out. Um, And it's not just Godzilla. Godzilla appears in like the first episode 
and then you see a ton of other monsters. They've got some other okay kaiju designs. Like all, all of the new kaiju that have come out in the MonsterVerse, their designs have been okay. I think in the new God, Godzilla X Kong, the new empire where yeah. Godzilla and Kong start dating and decide to fight together. I think they're fighting, <laughs> they're fighting, they're fighting against a new ape, like an orangutan kaiju design. He's called like the, I want to say like the Skin King, but that sounds wrong. I think that's... Ugh. Like the, the Scar King, the, the something like that. Uh, I don't know. There's a creature in Monarch. It was in the third episode. Scar King, Scar King, but Scar, Scar King. Scar, okay, yeah. Scar, Scar is spelled with a K, like in Mortal Kombat. So the Scar oh, King, yes. So Scar King. Yeah, he's just he's like oh, a, yeah yeah he's like a red. Yeah, that was in Godzilla. That's in the new. Is that that's in the next? That's in the oh. next one. That's in the next one. That's coming. Yeah, the one that so, I mean, it's it's like an okay design. Um, there is a cool creature called the Frost Vark that's yeah. in episode three of Monarch. Uh, they go to like the the uh, the Arctic, and if this thing breathes ice, it's really cool. Um, I would say though, like I'm really liking the show. I'm intrigued. The plot has me like hooked. Like I want to know what happens. Um, one of the things that I think Monarch does really well is it doesn't make these government agencies the heroes. Monarch is very clearly the villain in this story and they're acting against the best sort of interests of like the general population of earth uh which i think is really good because you know the original godzilla is very much like an anti-war anti-government like movie and that sentiment is carried into monarch in a way that i think is better than any of the other monsterverse movies uh it's very cool and you know if you like uh kong skull island uh monarch starts with john goodman uh on skull island yeah that is probably the my favorite out of all the monsterverse films i think you know like tom hiddleston running through green smoke with a katana cutting down yeah, flying tom, monsters <laughs> yeah tom tom hiddleston and um samuel jackson and who else was in it brie larson brie larson yeah they all did a pretty good job it just i mean i I, I I also really like the Kong design in that particular movie. So that, that that's a properly solid watch, I think. The rest of them have been okay. There have been some misses. I thought John I think. C. Riley's character was cool in that too. Yeah, I don't remember his character. He was the, he was the much, American though. pilot who gets stranded on Kong Skull Island with the Japanese pilot, uh, and he's they survive o- together. He's okay. When I watched him, I felt like the the potential for cringe was very heavy, though. Like they didn't they didn't quite veer in that direction. But I went I I just wanted him to like pick up a katana and be like, I greatly respect the culture that this blade comes from. <laughs> like just start <laughs> just start going at it. Like I I don't know. Every, every time there's like a white dude stranded on foreign island with his ethnic friend who has died, like I always start to get a little nervous. Yeah, yeah. So. I thought I thought it was good. Um. I like. I think of the MonsterVerse movies, Kong Skull Island is definitely the best one. Um, the fight between in Godzilla and Kong when they fight Mecha Godzilla is so that's anime. Good, that's good. Yeah, um, Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong, the ending fight, amazing. Just messing up Hong Kong. I love it. I was telling Emma about how Godzilla irradiates Kong's axe so they could beat Mecha Godzilla. Have, have you have you have you not seen Godzilla versus Kong, Emma? I haven't. No. Have you have you seen the original Godzilla versus Kong from nineteen? Clips of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Well, all you need to know is that the original one, Godzilla. Wait, who who's the one that shoves the tree down the other's face? I think it's. I think it's. I don't know. I think it's Godzilla. Kong into Godzilla. Yeah, I think it's Kong picks up a tree and like shoves it into Godzilla's mouth. Anyway, it does the same thing in this movie. (laughs) So nice. And Mechagodzilla's design is really cool. Mechagodzilla is like beefy and. Stop. It was really well done. Human characters, forget about it. Human characters are terrible in that movie, but all the monster action is awesome. Yeah, it's it's just a bonkers plot too, because Godzilla and Kong fight in the Hollow Earth, which Kong becomes a leader of at the end of the movie. But for some reason, they also go to Hong Kong because like they've been stealing King Ghidorah's like or they've got King Ghidorah's head from. Godzilla King the of previous Monsters, one. Yeah, yeah, the previous yeah. movie, and then they're like using it to build Mecha Godzilla, and it's just a, it's just a clusterfuck of of good yeah. stuff. There's, it was, it there's was a great definitely movie. a gap in the movies that I've watched. I watched a lot of the classic stuff, and then a huge break until Shin Gojira, 
Oh, it's another great movie. That's a great then, one. <laughs> yeah, I watched that on a plane on my way to Japan. And then I think my dad got a copy of the North American release. I'm like, this is a different movie. <laughs> what am I watching right now? <laughs> of Shin, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's cut differently. Is um, it? It's about that 20 movie? minutes shorter. Really? And, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff that's been changed. Well, what it's a they... very the original is very anti-American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know which version I watched then because I also watched it on a plane in Asia, but not to Japan. So I think they might I've... have probably saw the Japanese. Probably saw the Japanese then. version. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that would was you an say? One. Did they cut the sections of the what? What's her name? The the actress that pretends to be like. American Japanese American and is wants to run for president of the U.S. and her English is not quite what it should be if she were Japanese American and trying to run for president of the United States. Yeah, you just gotta you know suspend you your gotta, disbelief. Yeah. yeah, you gotta suspend your disbelief a little bit. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this, and mm. apparently this movie was uh, there were. It seems like there were some edits to it, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Um, regardless, I think one of the things that we should probably establish before we talk anymore is, first of all, when we're talking about kaiju, what do we mean? What do we mean? Because a lot of people are going to go into this being like, okay, well, like, are we just talking about monsters? What is a kaiju? Any of you want to take that one on? Kaiju literally just means strange... Uh, Beast, strange monster, guai uh, shou in Chinese. <laughs> Usually big. Yeah, yeah, just big and strange yeah. and large. I mean, yeah. To me, yeah, it's usually ki- like giant monsters, yeah. and they, I mean, kaiju media, they usually like battle against militaries and attack big cities very dramatically. They're I devastating. Mean, I, to me, Clifford is a kaiju. Um, yeah. like any, any kind of large, uh, creature, I think I would classify as a kaiju part, partly from my own entertainment, but also because that's literally just what it means. Large and strange. Yeah, like large, and, oversized and weird. Yeah. And for me, it's kind of inextricable from tokusatsu mm-hmm. as well. Like, I know that kaiju isn't limited to that anymore, but that's my concept of it. Like dudes in suits and angles and big goofy fights <laughs> really practical effects and just like yeah. you get one week, destroy this building <sighs> yeah. i was not i was not appreciative of like power rangers super sentai t- tokusatsu stuff in general until i got into kaiju films and then i realized that oh this is like tertiary stuff this is completely related and then i started to gain more appreciation for all yeah. of those shows but jeremy what about the emissary from hell supida man yeah, the emissary from Hell, Spider Man, is probably one of the best versions of Spider Man. But I didn't realize that when I was a kid. Like now, now I completely realize it. Much respect to the emissary from Hell, Spider Man, who has a mech for no reason whatsoever. Hell yeah, a mech that's not even a spider. Um, Emma, have yeah, you seen Spider Man? It's amazing. Not a full episode. I've just seen stills oh, of it. It's so good. So this is related to like you know this conversation about kaiju and. You know, uh, Tokusatsu. Spider Man is a canonical, first of all. He is Marvel mm-hmm. canon because he appears in the Spider Verse comic story arc. He is like a motorcycle racer who meets a UFO. And the UFO basically um, gives him this wristwatch and it gives him these powers and it lets him control this ship called Marveler. And he can call down. From Marveler, a giant mech called Leopardon. And it is so fucking cool because it's all spider themed. And during the production, the Leopardon suit, from my understanding, was damaged. And so they only had a handful of shots of him using his final move as a sword throw attack to defeat the monsters. So every single monster battle involves that shot. Well, I mean that that's a major characteristic of Tokusatsu media. Like it's just so kind good. of yeah. suit magic, suit animation, like making the most of a rubber suit and mm-hmm. a strategically placed camera angle to make all of the actors in the suits look a lot larger than they are. 
and wearing those suits is tremendous hard work like sweat inducing uncomfortable and now it's all cg even with uh, godzilla minus one it's a cg creation so it's a little bit mm-hmm. different like the, some of the artistry is not there anymore but i think when we're talking about kaiju uh, like emma said you know suit magic stuff that people would have described as looking a bit hokey in the original films that were shown on north american tv and like you know the 70s and 80s but are really pretty magical when you consider yeah. all the sweat and tears that they put into making that stuff happen and I feel like oh. it affected the sort of the conventions and some of the tropes that we see throughout are coming from the limitations or some of what's happening in those early films, what you expect to see when there's kaiju around. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, like the first Godzilla movie came out in 1954 and you watch it and it's still a good movie. Yeah, it's still a great movie. And you know, the the techniques that they use to actually have like Godzilla coming over that hill at, at the start of the movie, it's still, I mean, the, the, the face of Godzilla looks really kooky there. Um, but it's still like, hey, that's kind of believable. Um, there's it's something also, special it's a about very that. Very dark film, very oh, yeah. anti war. It's a much better film about the atomic bomb than Oppenheimer, which is just uh, Christopher Nolan being pretentious for three hours. Um, but it's, 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 it's very dark very anti-war very okay this this movie is a direct result from the post-atomic bomb consciousness that sprouted from japan in the 50s um and sort of the demilitarization consciousness that sprouted from japan as well where it's like well how do we you know we 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 only have a self-defense force now we don't have a military the empire of japan has been shattered what do we do we look inward you know we 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 make films that are based thematically on you know the dangers and threats of nuclear war and nuclear devastation and we develop forms of media everything from tokusatsu to like giant mechs that are about the technology that can result from warfare and can result that can result from this you know post-war mentality as we investigate what war truly means to us through science fiction so i assume godzilla minus one had something to do with that but i haven't seen it yet so i don't know it's definitely a return to that original legacy and I found it interesting in contrast to Shin Gojira as the other more recent one that I'd seen, which was kind of, not kind of, it was very pro-remilitarization of Japan. Mm. And so Godzilla Minus One is now back to that. And there's even moments where it's just a straight up message to younger generations that war is nothing to be glorified. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. Yeah, it's... uh Some it's, scenes... <laughs> We might as well talk about, you know, Godzilla minus one now. Like, spoilers ahead if you if you plan on seeing Godzilla minus one. Sorry, Jeremy. It's okay. Um, you can spoil the movie. I don't mind. <laughs> I It is up there for me as one of my favorite Godzilla films. I think it's incredible. I think not only does it really, it is a good homage to, like, the original, like, Godzilla movie, but I think it does this incredible job of, like, balancing that kaiju spectacle the brutal devastation that's kind of left in the wake of Godzilla, but also those like somber sort of human themes, like the, you know, the anti-war sentiment and the sort of like the anti like nuclear sentiment as well are all very present in it. But what I think is really neat about Godzilla minus one is that it is an incredible, I guess with modern special effects, it is incredible. Like it is the most brutal Godzilla movie I've seen. Yeah. The most brutal. There is a this lot more effort to make it feel like you are there as it's happening instead of just that zoomed out, like monster stomps through city. No, it's like, no, what would this look like? If a there is this heat blast goes off in the distance and yeah. How does that rip through the city? There's this incredible scene when, Godzilla is using its heat breath or its radiation breath and the 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 sort of dorsal plates on its back kind of like light up and start to jut out um and it's like it's like charging up and then when it lets it out it destroys these ships in the distance but it's like a scene in an anime cuz it's like boosh, everything blows up and then there's this shockwave backwards this recoil from like this this heat breath and everything gets disintegrated it is really fucking brutal and there's this scene where 
the human protagonist is like kneeling in the street, like crying after this shockwave has just destroyed everyone who people who weren't even in the path of the heat wave and fallout starts raining down on him. And it is absolutely brutal. The amount of detail they put into Godzilla, like the fact that when he finally releases the breath, the top dorsal plate literally like jabs into its neck and it shoots it out almost like a, the trigger on like a toy. Um, Mm. (laughs) It is, it is something to see, like seeing it in theaters was a, an incredible experience. Yeah. Like the audience reacted every time. And I found it interesting that they actually cover or like represented that, my God, my brain is bad right now. They actually showed that Godzilla takes damage from using these things, mm. which was yeah. really interesting. And he retains scars. I don't know if you noticed that, Daniel, mm-hmm. but he actually retains scars throughout the movie of these different things that happen to him. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, they're just yeah. some like incredible details. Like we were talking yesterday after the movie when Godzilla uh, is walking through Japan and the city streets, like parts of the city streets buckle under the weight of Godzilla. And you could tell where there are like sewage lines and other things where the concrete will literally blow up lift. under Godzilla's yeah. feet and lift up. It's lift like an iceberg. Yeah. The attention to detail is incredible with that movie. And the human characters as well were also mm-hmm. very interesting. Like the main character is uh, a kamikaze pilot who fakes having engine troubles to get out of dying. And he ends up basically caught up in this multi-year legacy of Godzilla being a threat to Japan. Yeah, he uh, sees Jeremy... teenage Godzilla. And then yes. Is this, adult this, Godzilla. This is like Godzilla the Hundred Year War, isn't it? That I was about to say, yeah. it's very yeah. much like the Half Century War. Oh, Half Century um, War. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Half what, Have what you read is... it? Yeah, I have it on the shelf behind me. Is that a new edition or like This a... is the 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 new edition of Half oh, Century War. That's pretty. I it's have the, really I cool. have I have the original edition on the shelf behind me somewhere. Nice. Uh, Half Century if you're interested yeah. in Godzilla media. There we go. Here's, know... here's my version. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Half Century War for those who um don't know or have never read a Godzilla comic or didn't or maybe didn't know that there were Tons and tons of Godzilla comics. Lots of good, lots of good Godzilla comics from this is the, the original Marvel seventies ones to uh, the IDW ones, which are um, they're they're all amazing. But I definitely recommend Godzilla comics if you've never read them. The Half Century War, Daniel, probably. go on about it. Well, Half Century War was probably one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about like the human story, because it's about a, a guy who literally follows Godzilla for fifty years. Um. And he is obsessed with trying to kill Godzilla. Godzilla's first appearance, um, he does the roar and the sound <laughs> wave, it, the bubbles that that show his roar, it matches the sound wave of what his roar sounds like when you look at That's an audio good. file. Yeah. Godzilla is, Godzilla Amazing. half such roar is incredible. And I, you see that in the protagonist who is like, his war doesn't end until yeah. he's done with Godzilla. It's, uh, a dude, yeah. it's a dude yeah. that grows old fighting Godzilla basically throughout from 1954 to the 2000s. Yeah. And then in Godzilla minus one, it's just over the period of, I think, like less than a decade. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Less than a decade. His first uh, encounter is in the early 40s and then it ends before the 50s. Um, but yeah, same general idea, though, like. Lots of turmoil, lots of talk about like lots of expression of trauma, not -hmm. just of the main character, but of the society as a whole, which I found really interesting because I've read a lot of post-war comics by not mangaka, but uh, what's it called? I can't remember right now, but more serious, like graphic novel type stuff. And it's all about like the failure of the government and how hard people have to try to just survive after the war. And this shows that a lot. It really tries to, it's sort of like a historical drama. If you've ever watched Japanese historical dramas combined with a kaiju film, 
So there's a lot of sappy scenes. There's a lot of relationship and human emotion. But then also, here's Godzilla. He's here to rip your shit up, you know? <laughs> Would you say Godzilla is in the film for about as much as Shin Godzilla was in in that one? Because in yeah. Shin Godzilla, he's, yeah. he's on screen for like 16 minutes total if you splice all the scenes more, together. More, I think, in this one. But he still is more of a background threat. Mm-hmm. In the grand theater of like human relationships and okay. yeah. yeah, I'd say more issues. because there are quite a few scenes of people following Godzilla around, mm-hmm. um, or them trying to like capture Godzilla. So Godzilla is is a threat in these big scenes with huge boats and planes. Yeah, um, the way they try to <laughs> kill Godzilla is it's smart but also hilarious. It made for one kind of kooky scene in the movie it's um, the original movie's yeah, approach they to try killing to, him though do they try to yeah. kill him with the, the the oxygen destroyer or is it they use something else so it's not quite an oxygen destroyer they basically try to make it so that they decrease the so godzilla they sink him so yeah. that he he basically get rid of i guess the friction between godzilla and the salt water so he can't float Mm, okay. And they try to use pressure to kill Godzilla. They try to crush him. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but then their backup is, well, if that doesn't work, we'll kill him with decompression. <laughs> they <laughs> they strap these like tanks to Godzilla to sink him, but then the tanks have these explosive inflatables. And so they basically kill try to kill Godzilla by making a, a an inflatable ring around Godzilla's face yeah. and Godzilla rises. So do they how close is it to being a borderline remake of the original Gojira, would you say? There's nods. Not at all. Nods? All, there's no. nods all okay. over the place to some of the original scenes and ideas and characters uh, on the military side, but then mm-hmm. it's completely redone. Okay, but they do yeah. go with the idea of Godzilla is an you know, irradiated creature that resulted from the atomic bomb and is yeah. now wreaking havoc it's like a force of nature across japan yeah correct? okay yeah, yeah and like the name godzilla is like oh the people called this godzilla same sort of origin for the name uh the one thing that i liked about the movie um that was a nod to the production or surrounding the release of the original movie was in this one so godzilla appears at the like towards the end of the second world war and then disappears but then when godzilla re-emerges it's around the castle bravo nuclear testing at Bikini Atoll, uh, the same testing that really caused that panic in Japan when it rained um, fallout all over that fishing boat. Uh, I actually really like that they put that in there as the sort of driving force behind Godzilla's reemergence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really, it was really cool to see that because it was like, oh yeah, that is a part of the history of Godzilla and what made that first film like the talk of the town at the time. Yeah, um, yeah I. I wouldn't necessarily call it a remake, but it is certainly a, a very, very strong reboot of the entire franchise. Mm. So my my big takeaway from this, if you need a summary, is I already told Daniel, I consider this to be like the rogue one of the Godzilla world because it's a modern kind of refresh of an original franchise by going back to what happened moments before and then sort of an underdog story of sort of a scrappy team of likable characters and their approach to handling the whole scenario. Serious Rogue One vibes happening throughout this whole thing. Yes, definitely agree. I think that a lot of folks who i mean the godzilla franchise is like what there there are like over almost 40 godzilla movies something like that very in quality yeah they vary in quality i had i certainly haven't seen them all um i've seen almost all of them and oh damn i gotta tell you godzilla final wars that's some shit right there just watching watching him knock zilla into the sydney opera house and watching aliens <laughs> pop out from the sky it, it's just nuts and that was the that was the time when they acknowledged that that american godzilla movie they called it zilla that was the first time they called it zilla right yeah i think so yeah very weird western remake of godzilla with matthew so actually, broderick that, 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 watch it. that that is one that i have not okay. seen in full i've only seen clips of that one i probably should watch it in full at some point because by all accounts it's an okay monster it's an okay kaiju movie but it's not really godzilla in the title role it's it's a 
something under the name of Godzilla. They kill they, they kill that, that Godzilla. Haters. They kill that Godzilla with missiles on like the, the on like a bridge in New York or something like that. It's also a smaller uh, Godzilla. It's, it's a smaller uh, Godzilla. Yeah. So I've seen that Godzilla. I saw the 2014 Godzilla and then Godzilla minus one in theaters. Those are the three that I've seen in theaters. Mm. And this one is minus one is incredible. Like you have to see it in theaters. There was a moment during the final battle when the movie goes silent and then everything in the theater stopped. Everyone stopped breathing in the theater. Yeah. It was an incredible experience. I, I can't, I can't say any, anything more about Godzilla. Like, I think everyone should go watch it. Even if you don't know anything about Godzilla, if you've never seen any of the original like material from any of the eras, if you've never read the comics. Okay, this is a prequel. <laughs> yeah, go and watch this. This is a prequel. Um, and like, this is the perfect place to start. I had a moment when it first started too. Like I knew it was Godzilla, but I, first of all, had never seen a Godzilla movie in theaters, let alone one that was being shown as like a main title like just like any other hollywood movie and it really hit me that all of a sudden this whole movie was it was a japanese movie and it was in japanese with subtitles and that was the first time i've ever seen that in a theater or in a movie presented as like an a title that i can then go watch in toronto and i'm just like yeah i don't know just the first when the dialogue starts i was like oh shit Huh. <laughs> yeah, I, makes, I had this makes me want had, to see it for sure. In I had this moment time. of nervousness actually before the dialogue started, and I was like, "Wait, are they going to dub this?" And yeah, then when right? they started speaking Japanese, I was like, "Oh, thank goodness!" You yeah, know, something I didn't really think about because I yeah have not seen just straight up Japanese with subtitles in theaters like that. I know it's not the same at all, but I did feel a similar vibe when I saw the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie <laughs> when it okay, came yeah. out like like two, three years ago. I was like, oh man, anime is real. Yeah, that's what because they they play like Chala Head Chala yeah. like in the movie. And I'm like, oh we come so far from the days of Rock Rock the Dragon, that shitty DVZ song that came out with the English dub. So yeah, yeah that I, was not the song you. that we got. We got a different song in Canada. You sh- like for the opening intro? Yeah, they the play- opening they- song is different in Canada than in the really? States. Really? They yeah, play it like is a- not as good. They play a few um, instrumental seconds of Chala Head Chala in the film. So I don't know if it's that one that you're talking about or if you got the, something the totally one different. in Canada. It, it goes Dragon, Dragon Ball. <laughs> oh, it just repeats oh, that over yeah. and over again. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> But also interesting example of how we're all of a generation that's been conditioned to expect an East Asian product to be significantly altered before we get to consume it in our own mm. home. <laughs> so, yeah. True. Yeah. One heck of an experience. Highly recommend. Go to the theaters. You know, I was um, I was actually quite bummed that we never got a direct sequel to Shin Gojira because I really wanted a sequel. I'm and not I, surprised. I, I guess we did in the form of like Shin Kamen Rider and Shin Ultraman and stuff like that. Like we got a yeah. series, like a they trilogy. Were all, they were all reboots yeah. of these franchises, quasi-related film, like films yeah. with, with Evangelion vibes. Basically, that, that that's what we got. And right. I don't mind that, but I remember loving Shin Godzilla so much because I was, I was not in Japan at the time of the 2011 uh, Fukushima disaster. Mm. I was, but I was in Taiwan though, and I was studying Chinese with a whole bunch of Japanese students, and that was a traumatic and like very scary experience because people were calling home, people were you know crying in school, and it was just mm-hmm. a lot. And mm-hmm. I remember watching uh, Shingojira and being like, "Wow, the vibes here are just so of the moment." Like talk about yeah. updating Godzilla you know, for 2016. Um, yeah. It's no longer nuclear war. It's more like nuclear fallout that we're talking about now. So it was just really interesting to me. And I was so bummed that we didn't get to get a sequel with more transformations. Like I loved his transformations. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, his oh, weird like, like where he splits face, I yeah. love, I love oh. that Godzilla design. I love how it was. I, what I wanted was, I was like, okay, let American Godzilla do his thing as like the hero, and let Shin Gojira be like this creepy manifestation of eldritch Japanese trauma. Like, yeah. just go that way. But we only it, got one movie, so it was really. I'm not surprised. It was only one. It was somewhat controversial in Japan when it came out. Yeah, 
there were a lot of concerns about it being pro-military and inciting younger generations to not see the horrors of war anymore and instead see the incompetence of I can understand that yeah current government that needs to be overrun and part of that included bringing back something more than a defense force and so yeah people what weren't I- too happy about it and also a bunch of people were like, what did I just watch? That was kind of like a weird procedural court drama. And like- I, I, lo- I love that. It was. Yeah. yeah but I, I get I think it's definitely of the era because it did come out in that period where Japan oh, was. Yeah. Wait, was was Abe still prime minister when it came oh, out? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. He, he was prime minister. So he, he was, was pushing- kind of in his prime at that point. So and that's pushing- why there was so much concern. Yeah. So but- he was pushing heavily for. Yeah. Let's make Japan great again. Yeah. So there you go. It was the timing, but like Godzilla has always been representative of the climate of the time in mm-hmm. Japan. I don't know about the American ones, but no, <laughs> the, the American Japanese ones are just ones. like, oh, big monster. They're big monster, big monster in San Francisco in Japan town because uh, he's Japanese. And he's I don't just know. targeting all Western the Western Godzilla is really interesting because right now they have like, they have uh, DC Comics is doing. Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. I haven't read it yet, but props to DC Comics for doing some good. They did a really great alt co- variant cover for issue two where they have Wonder Woman versus Godzilla. Uh, really cool. Nice. <laughs> like he's uh, just in the background like, wah. And then I, there's one that I'm reading right now that's very interesting called Godzilla Here There Be Dragons by IDW. Oh, that's, that's the one where he fights pirates. Oh, I He fights pirates. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's, he fights fucking pirates. I it's, want more historical Godzilla things, just like how Prey is like Native Americans fighting pirates. Yeah. I, want, I want more Godzilla in the 1800s fighting like I, I guess if we want to, we can have him fighting like Ronin or whatever in Japan. But I want him fighting. Like, I want him in the Wild West fighting. Japan had its own pirates. Like you don't, they don't need to be. <laughs> don't I... tell that to the L5R fans. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. But um, yeah, Godzilla Here the Breed Dragons is surprisingly good. It's like it's not the Godzilla that I thought I that I really wanted, but it's literally about. <laughs> Sir Fra- <laughs> Sorry, it's just it I never thought they'd write a comic about this, but it's literally about Sir Francis Drake telling the queen, "Hey, I'm going to circumnavigate the earth, but my secret mission is to find this treasure monster island that's being guarded by a dragon." So and, good. And Sir Francis so Drake good. goes to try to find this island and is ambushed by the Spanish Armada, and they're chasing him. And then there's a storm, of course. He makes it to the island. And he's like, oh, we're here. We found the treasure. It's ours. We get to go home and be heroes. And they're like, oh, fuck. The Spanish are here. They followed us through the storm. Don't worry. Godzilla comes out of nowhere and just incinerates the Spanish Armada with its heat breath. And it is just so funny. In a good way. I really, really like the series. It's only five issues. Um I think it's uh, a Godzilla Rage Across Time has a similar concept, uh, which is also an IDW comic series that talks yeah. about Godzilla and various ca- other kaiju. I think I think it's like Anguirus and King Godir uh, uh, are also in there. Yeah. Ghidorah are also in there. Yeah. Um, but it's similar sort of concept where it's like different periods viewing Godzilla and interpreting him as as would have been appropriate for that time period. Another Godzilla comic that's very interesting, not necessarily Godzilla in a historical setting, but there is a series called Godzilla in Hell. Godzilla in Hell's uh, good. Uh, and it's literally Godzilla has descended into hell and has to escape from hell. But as Godzilla is sort of traveling through hell, it is encountering all these demonic versions of its enemies. It is artistically very, very cool. Like, I find it funny to make Godzilla the protag- like the main character in that way. <laughs> but it, 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 from what I recall, I would Godzilla in Hell read it. does not have any dialogue because it's just Godzilla wrecking shit. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a beautiful comic. It's interesting. He like fights and claws his way out of Hell at the end of it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and it's a little. Um, it's a little thin in terms of like plot, but it is it is it is fun for 
immense kaiju illustration illustrations. I think. It's an art book. It's, it's an it's, art book. It's, yeah. it's a, okay, a, yeah. a, an art book with a teeny little bit of narrative. Um, it's giving me like end of Zelda game vibes where you have to refight all of the the uh, the uh, dungeon bosses before you can fight the end guy. I have like you got Tears of the Kingdom. Hard. I haven't beaten Tears of the Kingdom yet. Godzilla and Link have a lot in common. Both silent protagonists. Both yeah, you know, that's true. Don't, don't emote that much. So they there both you go. have mighty roars. They have mighty roars, <laughs> and they wreck shit for people. You know, it's interesting. Um, I just remembered that Emma said that Godzilla has always captured the zeitgeist of Japan throughout history, which I think is very, very true. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why Godzilla is one of the best fictional characters ever, and that he. Godzilla represents so many key aspects of Japan and Godzilla can be whatever Japan and the world and his fans need him to be. You can have fun, goofy Godzilla with Minula, his little son bouncing around Monster Island, which is fantastic <laughs> with Jet Jaguar, like it, it, the greatest movie oh, ever. Yeah. Um, so I, wanted to, I forgot to wear my Jet Jaguar shirt for this oh. recording. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, which movie is Jet Jaguar? Is, is that the name of the movie? Godzilla it... vs. Megalon. Yeah. Oh, Godzilla the one that Megalon. I grew that's, up watching yeah. all that's the That's Emma's favorite. <laughs> Godzilla vs. Megalon is a fantastic film because it's got this dude named Jet Jaguar in it who's like a tokusatsu mech and he's amazing. But um, you can have that Godzilla. You can have super serious Godzilla uh, minus one or Shin Gojira or you can have like American heroic Godzilla with the MonsterVerse movies. So like he he can really encapsulate so many different genres and there aren't that many um fictional characters that do that like like batman is another one that 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 sort of can it can encapsulate different vibes from like weird kooky 1966 vibes to like dark knight vibes um and so i think i think that's an interesting feature about godzilla now you were talking about how american godzilla is not really that at all and it's interesting like now we have America making kaiju movies and we have like King Kong taking over this idea of like the American kaiju. And, you know, King Kong is a kaiju movie. It's a great movie. 1933, incredible film. One of my favorite mm. movies of all time. But it's interesting how um, do you think Kong kind of captures the zeitgeist in the same way or represents things in the same way that Godzilla does? If you're a foreigner stealing our women. <laughs> could be i mean it's America, <laughs> no, i don't for. I, I don't I've, know kong like overarching themes as well but yeah godzilla has always had this trend of like whatever's the big concern at the time that's yeah. what kind of shows I mean, up. Kong, I feel like kong doesn't kong, have that as much i feel like kong really leads into the like hey stop disturbing nature it's the the nature yeah. fighting back against sort of like civilization air quotes um I think that's what Kong is. I mean, the Western stuff, it's just like, these are just all excuses to have big monster battles. Let's be quite exactly. honest. Like Kong Skull Island is very much Jurassic Park Lost World. We know we shouldn't be going there, but we're going because we want to get all of this information. I mean, um, I do think the original King Kong, if you look at when it was made the 30s and the fact that it's a movie about people trying to make a, a movie about like this mysterious island full of monsters and they come and bring back Kong and then they exploit him in New York. There are some themes there if you really want to dig deep. Uh, about, yeah, I mean, they do yeah, that in Kong Skull Island. Yeah, like, Amer like American uh, colonialism, exploitation yeah. of natural resources and stuff like that, which might be giving the movie, the original film, a bit too much credit. But I think it, I think it works as sort of delving into some of those themes. But it's not as hard-hitting as or as emblematic of the nation it's associated with as godzilla is with japan yeah. for sure yeah i would say that just speaking of like these monster stories being reflective of the times monarch is certainly reflective of like the you know our penchant for conspiracy theories and mm -hmm. government cover-ups that's all monarch is about but i really like yeah. like unrelated i really like how you basically said godzilla has range you're like Godzilla could do anything. Godzilla could be kooky. Godzilla it's could true. be horrific. Yeah, he has a lot of range. Godzilla, the Godzilla and God, Godzuki, the 1970s Hanna Barbera cartoon, which I grew up with, is hilarious because it's Godzilla with his little Scooby Doo, Scrappy Doo son, Godzuki, running around fighting kooky looking monsters all across the world. And I love how you then compared Godzilla to Batman, who who is true has rage. Like, has you, range. Have you, yeah. have you read uh, City of Madness? I have not read City of Madness yet, but it's it Batman is, Cthulhu, isn't it? It's Batman Cthulhu. It is yeah. very good. And it has both characters that have range. And it's, it's interesting to identify which fictional characters have the most range because I think Godzilla and Batman are two of the biggest ones. And I'm trying to think of others. Spider-Man has range. 
Spider-Man has range, but I would argue he has. L- I don't know. Yeah, I would argue. What about, what about Spider-Man Darkhold? Spider-Man that's, Dark- that, that's really fucked up story. Yeah, it is a fucked. Up. I, I think Spider-Man has range, but not as much. It's true. He was never I a ninja think. like Batman Ninja. Yeah, but he did have Leopardon, so I think. Yeah, but is... Batman also had his own mech. He does have a couple of mechs, yeah. But I think it's it's more like um, like th- that like range in terms of being a cultural icon and, yeah. and melding in a very transformative way. Because I think Spider Man, probably thanks to really strong characterization, starting from the era he was born in the sixties, has has always had a very strong core mm-hmm. um, and very clearly defined things by like Stanley and Steve Ditko. Whereas Batman, not so much. And Godzilla has also been kind of nebulous, probably because Godzilla is often a, a background figure in a lot of these films that are about yeah. local people reacting to the threat that he brings to the forefront. Yeah. Um, it helps that he doesn't that, talk. Yeah. Like he's and not I, a, I think that's a character. He's more of a natural force. Yeah. I think that's helped a lot. Yeah. Um, Last thing I wanted to talk about and very briefly, because I know... It's funny. We started posting like YouTube shorts on our, our on our channel, and the YouTube short that has performed the best has been one about kaiju. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, the the YouTube short that uh, you know we posted that's that's done the best is actually uh, one about kaiju number eight, and it has sixty seven thousand views. I um, did not like kaiju number eight as much as I thought I would. I am. Now, just I'm not hate reading it, but I'm reading it just out of habit at this point. It's originally, I really liked the concept of Kaiju number eight because I was like, oh, cool, we're gonna get big monster, big monster fights, uh, and then like an interesting protagonist. It's a shonen, it's a really rare modern shonen series that has an adult protagonist because the protagonist like. is in his 30s, I like that, I like which that. is and the art is great, it's what attracted me there. The action is really well done, uh. But it's gotten to the point where every chapter is just a continuation of one fight. We're in we're in our like bleach era right now for kaiju number eight. And it is less about the human stories now that are interesting and more about these just like fights with flashbacks. Um, but I know people are gonna ask, hey, have you, you know, read or are excited to watch kaiju number eight? And I think the answer is we've certainly read it. Excitement about the anime? Maybe. We'll see. I think it'll be fun to watch. But I started reading it because everyone in the Asians Represent Discord server was recommending it when it first came out. And I was like, oh my God, finally a kaiju manga. This is I was one I of those been... people recommending it. This is what, it... <laughs> yeah. yes. Daniel Kwan never led me wrong before. Um, but then I realized <laughs> that it wasn't actually a kaiju manga. It was basically a shonen manga where the main character just happens to transform into a big guy with a cool design. And that's what kind of took me out of it for a while when i realized that attack on titan was more of a kaiju manga than uh kaiju number eight that was when i checked out oh 100 percent. and i mean attack on titan also has all of those like darker human themes as well yeah like kaiju number eight is very pro-military if anything is like the exact opposite of godzilla um but yeah god yeah, we, I don't think we, we need to dwell more on Kaiju number eight, but I, I figured it was something that we should bring up. Um, I, I would also like to give a shout out to Gamera because we spent a lot of this, um, the, this, <laughs> this episode talking about Godzilla. But if you're the sort of person who likes Pepsi more than Coke or like Pathfinder more than D&D or something like that, then we must acknowledge the competition to Godzilla, Gamera, who... Uh, I really like Gamera because Gamera is um, Gamera also has a lot of range in, in that he's a friend. To, he's a friend to the children. Do you like um, turtles over dinosaurs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gamera is for the children and uh, can easily be um, this an even more cuddly kaiju who who basically stars in musical films from the '60s where he's just befriending kids and helping them yep. from space aliens, or he can star <laughs> in the um, trilogy that came out during the. Uh, the what's called the the Heisei era of Japan, the like nineteen ninety five to two thousands. Um, those are really good films. Uh, Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, Gamera two and Gamera three. They're all really good. And then Gamera the Brave, which came out in two thousand six, where it's a heartwarming story about a little boy that finds baby Gamera and raises him. No. Like it's it's really good. It's really <laughs> I haven't good. seen is... any of the Gamera films, so I, I so guess watch I have to, no. watch the uh, Gamera Guardian of the Universe from ninety five and the ones that follow. 
Uh, yeah, I can only see one from the 60s, and I don't remember it very well. The six, oh, the, the six, poster for Gamera 2, Attack of Legion, is dope. Yeah, the 60s ones I love. They're hilarious, but they all kind of blend together in my mind because it's all yeah. it's all kids singing the Gamera song where it's like, Gamera, da, 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 Gamera, yeah. da, 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 Gamera. That's the song they sing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, well, I'm definitely going to have to watch... All there's, of also, these there's also the new, the new anime on Netflix, Gamera Rebirth. I don't know if it's good or not, but it's got it's got a cool Gamera design. So I, I want to uh, want to give a nod to the uh, the competition because Godzilla tends to dominate. But sometimes, some days, I wake up liking Gamera more. <laughs> Did you folks watch the uh, the the Godzilla? Um anime movies the singular point not yet i did not watch singular point i watched those anime movies that came out before singular point that were pretty turdy oh no i have yeah. i don't think, i haven't seen any anime godzilla i just know of the netflix trilogy i know singular, they're okay singular they're point pretty- might be okay the netflix trilogy is rough to get through <laughs> um Good to i go. see what i see what it's trying to do it's trying to tell a very sci-fi futuristic story about like space colonization and the effects of, I don't know, space militarization using Godzilla as an extreme force of nature, but it's about as successful as like, I don't know, just a, just a not very coherent anime series that happens to use dated CGI, which yeah, it just doesn't work out very well. Okay. 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 I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not going to watch it then. <laughs> I'm what I do want to watch it. <laughs> what I do want to rewatch is Pacific Rim, the first one. Oh yeah, I really like the first. The Pacific anime Rim. I had in mind when I described that just now was Pilot Candidate. I don't know if anyone's seen that. Also known as the Candidate for Goddess, which was a nineteen or late nineties, early two thousands anime that that was exactly what I had described. Oh yeah, In- incoherent with dated CGI, and and the Godzilla movies reminded me of that. Okay. Oh my god, this art. So, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no so there you go. Now, that said, if you're going to recommend one Godzilla movie, because we, we spend a lot of time talking about Godzilla. So if you're going to recommend one, let's say, kaiju movie, monster movie, uh, to the audience, what would it be? That was a tough question. Can't recommend There's a lot one. out there. Okay, yeah. let's, how, how many do you think is a reasonable number? Let's say three, two, two or three? Uh... I yeah I don't know I would recommend the original Godzilla if you have not yeah. seen it you gotta watch that one yeah it I is mean, a classic yeah if you want to watch the films that are inspiring what's current today in terms of MonsterVerse and Godzilla minus one original Godzilla most definitely watch the original King Kong too from the thirties um and uh, where else? where do we go from there um. I would like to vote for Godzilla versus Megalon, just so you can yes. understand my origin story. <laughs> your origin story. So we're going to do Godzilla versus Megalon. That's um, that's uh, is that the one where Minila was first introduced, or was that Son of Godzilla? I don't remember. That's Son of Godzilla. That's um, well, Minila is better in in Godzilla versus Megalon. So yeah, watch that one. Okay, Megalon honest- is this like fly-like creature with drills for hands that jumps around all funny. Like, don't worry about the plot. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I uh, would I would recommend Mothra if you if you're mm. interested in in Godzilla's um, uh, cast of of buddies. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend Mothra as well, and I would probably recommend the various Godzilla versus. Uh, King Ghidorah films. I think the original from 1964, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, introduces Ghidorah. And then you might as well skip to 1991, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, which is um, kind of a remake, kind of a reimagining, but is pretty freaking awesome. Okay, okay. Um, so we've got, if we're going to recommend monster kaiju movies, we've got Godzilla versus Megalon. We've got Godzilla. We've got any of the King Ghidorah ones. We've got, I'm going to add in minus one because I think it's a very, it's, it's accessible. Um, I'm going to link some of these things that I can legally link. But if you go on the internet archive, all of the Godzilla movies are on the internet archive. Is that legal? Is the internet archive legal? Are they all on internet archive? Uh, 
Let's see. There's a lot of them. As okay, far as so I know, Internet Archive, Archive is legal. So it runs as a um, lending service for the most part. And so anything, if you don't have to have an account and borrow it from an institution, means that it is public. It is open. Okay. So then all of the the Godzilla movies, except for minus one that we've mentioned, um, are on the Internet Archive. And so I will link those all in the show notes for folks. So if you are a, uh, a patron, you'll have all of those. Um, I'm going to recommend one other monster movie, not necessarily a kaiju. I was going to joke and say, oh, you should watch Clifford. Because um, <laughs> I really do like that you mentioned that, Jeremy. Uh, but one it's a that kaiju. I, it's a kaiju, right? It is a kaiju. If we're just going big monsters, I'm going to go with like a medium-sized monster. Uh, and I really strongly recommend The Relic. Mm. Um, I think The Relic is a very good monster sort of horror movie. Uh, that is very much... Uh, this is what you get colonialism and archaeology and museums. Uh, but it is about the field museum in Chicago and an anthropologist steals a relic from South America and out from this relic spawns this demon monster that starts killing everyone at the gala uh, that's being held at the museum. Very good monster movie. Um, so I recommend that one as well. I'll check to see if it's on the internet archive and link it in the show notes. Um, I would. Oh, Go ahead. Um, I would also like to recommend if you really are interested in the intersection between like Western media and uh, media coming out for Japan, I would recommend the 1965 movie Frankenstein versus Paragon because they turned Frankenstein into a kaiju. Um, what? Yes. Uh, Nazis oh. sell the heart of the Frankenstein monster to the Imperial Japanese Navy and they use him uh, well, they, he, he as a weapon in World War II, and then I think Frankenstein gets irradiated due to the nuclear bomb and becomes like a, a giant kaiju, and then fights a monster called Baragon. Frankenstein what? versus Baragon got a semi sequel called The War of the Gargantuas. That was how it was um, promoted in in English, but it's um, I think the Japanese title is like Frankenstein's monsters because it's basically like two spawn of Frankenstein that emerge. And so there's these two brothers, Sanda and Gyra, and I just love their designs. They look like shaggy Sasquatch creatures, but yeah, they, they look like yeah, Sasquatches. They, they were um, used in another IDW Godzilla comic series, which is on my shelf. I think it's, um, Godzilla Complete Rulers of Earth, which is another really great series that features all kaiju from all films. And it's got these deep cuts like Sanda and Gaira in it. And it's got Godzilla and it's got like Mothra. It's got uh, King Ghidorah. It's got all of them. So I, I, I really recommend if you really want to take a deep dive into the weird Frankenstein versus Baragon and then the War of the Gargantuas, because aside from Godzilla and like Gamera, this is like the tertiary crazy stuff that you don't really hear about but is immensely entertaining awesome and then the last nice. thing because the tokusatsu genre was mentioned and we're talking about big monsters i have to rep supida man now mm -hmm. there's a, also a significance to this supida man was from the 70s but it was extremely successful like to us in north america we may not know that there were there are actually multiple japanese spider-man characters but supida man was so successful that they and Leopardon as like a mech was so popular that it influenced the inclusion of giant robots into the Super Sentai series. Mm -hmm. um, Man is so good. Uh, it's also on the Internet Archive, so you can watch it there. Um, but that said, before we wrap up, we have some folks to thank. Um, we have some amazing patrons that we have to thank. Our most honorable sponsors, uh, Metal Weave Games, Valorous Games, Michelle, Stefan, and the most honorable times to Epic Impulse. Thank you, folks, for your support. Uh, we really appreciate you. Asians Represent is going in like a very interesting direction for us, and one that I'm very excited about. I love that we're doing more casual content. I love that we're doing things like No Dice, No Problem. I love that you know we're getting interesting and kooky questions in the Discord server for us to answer on that show. Um, and I love that you know we just. We set aside some time to go watch a really, really cool kaiju movie, Emma. And yeah. now we got to talk about it with Jeremy. Um, yeah. But that said, we really appreciate you folks. Uh, if you folks want to be more involved in the Asians represent conversation, 
Join our Discord server. It's open now. Anybody can join. Join our Discord server. If you got questions that you want us to answer on No Dice No Problem, let us know. Uh, you could write them in show discussions, or if you're a patron, we have a dedicated patron mailbox channel that you can post questions in. We are going to be doing a special episode of No Dice No Problem soon with our first formal guest. Yeah. Emma was like a voice on one episode that we yeah, recorded at Big Bad Con. <laughs> but Jeremy is going oh, to yes. be our first formal guest of No Dice No Problem. Ask ask me how I try to fit Kaiju into every single campaign I run. <laughs> Emma and <laughs> Emma and Daniel know. <laughs> Ask me how I just make kaiju into everything. But you if you've got it. questions for us, <laughs> if you've got questions for Jeremy, No Dice No Problem is a show where we answer your questions, serious and silly. Let us know on Discord. Um, but that said, uh, I think that's a wrap for this episode of Agents Represent. We'll see you folks yeah. next time. Cue the hot music. <laughs> Cue hot music. Bye, everyone. Yeah, bye. love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist! Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe.